Catch us on the web at english.rti.org.tw. Thank you so much for joining us here today at Radio Taiwan International. I'm Andrew Ryan coming to you from Taipei, Taiwan. Up this hour, we're going to have for you hashtag Taiwan. Leslie Thou is going to be introducing a very fashionable elderly couple uh, who actually repurposes the clothing that was left at their dry cleaners, some of it from more than 20 years ago. It's an amazing story. You're definitely going to want to listen to that. Also, we'll have status update with John and Shirley. But first up today, here in Taiwan. Today is Tuesday, July 28th. <laughs> oh, where does all the time go? Uh, you're listening to Here in Taiwan on Radio Taiwan International. I'm Andrew Ryan in the driver's seat today. Uh, and we have with us Leslie Liao. Hello. And Kat Wei. Hi. And we are going to tell you about all kinds of fun things in today's show, including... We have a story. We have a story about uh, a power lottery. It's apparently the highest jackpot ever. Leslie Dow has a ticket in his hot little hands. And uh, he's going to tell us uh, not whether he's going to win or not because we don't know yet. But he's going to tell us whether or not his chances of winning are good depending on his zodiac sign. Also, uh, we're going to tell you about Tofu Reading Day. How reading books could get you some stinky tofu. Uh, we have a story of a 101-year-old man who's filed for divorce. Holy cow. That's also uh, the oldest in Taiwan. And uh, drunk driving glasses. Have you ever put a pair of those on? Uh, I haven't. But apparently some kids touring a police station have gotten to try on these glasses that mimic the effects of getting drunk. Uh, we're going to hear about that and more in today's Here in Taiwan. Don't go away. So yesterday, we had a very special guest that came to RTI. We had the Digital Minister of Taiwan, Audrey Tang. Uh, and you both were in the studio for that. Indeed, yeah. we were. Were you as starstruck as I was? Oh, we absolutely we were. were. It was kind of amazing. Like, if you have not heard about Taiwan's Digital Minister, she is a formidable woman. Uh, she dropped out of school, I think, uh, as a junior high school student, with the approval of the head of the school, <laughs> Which is kind of amazing because that would have been, um, I guess, illegal? C civil disobedience. Mm -hmm. Civil disobedience. She yeah. said that in our show. Uh, so we interviewed her for Taiwan Insider, and we got a lot of background about her. Uh, she's also amazing because she is, I believe, the youngest cabinet minister ever. Yeah, mm -hmm. 35 years old was she when became uh, a minister without portfolio, which is her official designation. Mm -hmm. And she's now 39, so she's been at her posting for about four years now. Okay, and she's also the first trans minister in Taiwan, which is pretty impressive. That's right. To be able to live your life uh, openly um, and out in the public like that, that must be a very difficult thing to do. Uh, but what was amazing is, is we talked a, a lot about her public persona and how she views that. 
Um, what were you thinking when you when you saw her? Was it your first time seeing her? Yeah, it's just it was just being in the presence of greatness. You know, <laughs> that's all it really was to me. I re I watch a lot of her videos and a lot of her interviews and her talks online, and every time I do, it's like witnessing another echelon of intelligence that's above you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's actually really intimidating. I was very happy that I was interviewing her in tandem with uh, Nally So, uh, because I don't know if I could have interviewed her all by myself. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was definitely, there were parts of the interview where I was um, struggling to keep up. Uh, I feel like she could have danced circles around both of us. Kind of did in a little way, but I think I think we made it all right. All right. You guys did all right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she was definitely just quick firing you know and didn't get tired at all i mean she's such a brilliant mind i mean like it was a 35 minute interview and by the time it was over i mean she had essentially recited a book to us she's a very Mm -hmm. fast speaker and very quick at coming to conclusions and forming opinions on things um but she's also practiced too she's had a lot of interviews with cnn with deutsche welle international media she's She's kind of um, become a real face of Taiwan in terms of the digital response to COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, she orchestrated all the different um, kind of, for example, uh, all these databases online where you can see how much uh, medical equipment is at, your, is at your local pharmacy that's available for purchase, um, monitoring people with the digital fence in order to make sure that people stay in quarantine, um, but just really thoughtful responses to things um, and some interesting insight into the person that's Audrey Tang, too. Uh, so we're going to be featuring that. We're going to upload it uh, sometimes today, hopefully, uh, on the Taiwan Insider Facebook page. And we'll also have a selection from that in this week's Taiwan Insider uh, when it comes out on Thursday. Um, yeah, it was a fun day. It was I- Excellent. Very humbling. Yeah, Very super humbling. humbling. And it was neat, too. I think of all the people that we've had in the studio to interview, she had more people come to see her and want pictures and autographs. We brought two little um, origami cutouts of her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She signed them for us. I know. That was kind of exciting. You yeah. were you were telling uh, Audrey how excited everyone was. And I was just like, yeah, I was so happy you I could break dance. Yeah. And then the RTI chairwoman, <laughs> Lu Ping, was right behind me. And she, without missing a beat, she was just like, then do it. <laughs> and I was just like, okay, there's the pressure. Yeah, it was actually neat to see what happened behind the scenes, too. Because I think a lot of times when you watch the interview, you only see what happens on camera. But our chairwoman, I think, was really impressed by Audrey Tang as well. Yeah. And right before she left... Um, the chairwoman said something to her and I couldn't hear what she said, but then they hugged after it was a really sweet moment. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It was really touching. I I felt like she, um, was really, I mean, she being the chairwoman of Arte was really impressed by, you know, the vulnerability with which Audrey Tang lives her life and, and kind of does her job. Um, she's such a great, uh, role model for so many people. Yeah. Talk about another sweet lady. Our yeah. chairwoman, she's a really nice, she's really nice. Just didn't expect her to tell me to start breakdancing in the middle of the studio. Yeah, she's interesting too. She's a, an author, a very well-known author in Taiwan, um, but she's served in many different positions. I believe she was at the, um, the, the culture representative office of Taiwan in Hong Kong for a while. Mm. Um, she also ha- actually has a son who I think does uh, 
video stuff who's right about our age. Oh wow! Um, so she's yeah, she's she's got insight into. Uh, well, I mean, our age, your age. Okay. <laughs> Actually, maybe halfway between us. We're all in our 30s, right? Something like that. At any rate, uh, fun day here at RTI. Um, make sure you check out that uh, full interview on the Taiwan Insider Facebook page. All right, Power Lottery. What's, uh, what's the details? Record high... Uh, jackpot here worth 3.1 billion new Taiwan dollars or 105 million US dollars. That's a lot of dumplings, Andrew. That's a lot of dumplings. <laughs> That's a lot of bagels and schmear. That's a lot of pierogies, whatever you Oof. like. Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, the power lottery is Taiwan's probably premier lottery, I want to say. It's just, uh, you know, and it's gone 47 draws without a winner. 47 yes. draws. So I think that's, they draw twice a, a week. Okay. Oh, okay. And those 23 weeks without anybody winning, that's almost half a year. It that's is, a long time. Yeah, yeah. Almost half a year. And this stuff kind of accumulates, right? So, like, if nobody wins this week, well, then that jackpot piles on this week. And it's winner takes all. It's, uh, it depends because, you know, there might be more than one winner uh-huh. or there might be, I think, the there top prize and the prizes. second prize, yeah. they. they if there's a first prize and a second prize, the second prize takes 11% of the jackpot, uh-huh. and the top prize takes 89% of it. <gasps> oh. You better win. Yeah, you better win. <laughs> Come a, on. I mean, I have my ticket right here. I was with my classmates, and we were just like, what's our lucky numbers, man? Yeah, what are your lucky numbers? Well, it was just like I have my birthday on there, you know, some some stuff. And I was buying it with my uh, my classmates back in middle school, and I was oh. asking them all these dumb questions. I was like, yo, what was our student ID number back in the day, man? What number were you? What number were you? Well, we did really well on that test. What was our score? <laughs> Just stuff like that. But uh, this is like this is a, a huge thing now because people are buying lottery tickets left and right, especially with the new stimulus coupons. Uh-huh. People yes. have been buying lots of lottery tickets, and that's just only upping the jackpot. Wait, I didn't know you could buy lottery tickets with your stimulus yeah. coupons. That, yeah, you can. Part of me is like, that's a terrible idea. That should be wrong. Um, but part <laughs> of me is like... You're using free money to buy free money? Uh, yeah, well, well yeah. <laughs> But, but but I have to remind people that Taiwan's lottery system actually does benefit people. It, yes. it actually goes to a good cause. It is a government-run lottery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it benefits things like sports. Um, I forget all the things. It benefits like uh, disabled. Right. People yeah, with yeah. disabilities. Disabilities. Okay. Yep. Um, anyway, a couple of, you know, people in Taiwan, they believe in a lot of these superstitious stuff. So it's like zodiac signs, mm-hmm. star signs, blood type. Well, they came out to say that um, if you're a Sagittarius... Uh, they will take the lion's share of winning the top prize, which is 20.7% uh-huh. if you're a Sagittarius. Leos. Oh, I think sa- Leos would take the lion's share. They would take the lion's share. <laughs> they are the lion. You know what I'm saying? They are the top lion. Lion, lion. <laughs> uh, followed by Aquarius with 13.8%, and that is what I am. So Born in the age of Aquarius. I will take a 13.8% cut of... 105 million US dollars. That's okay by me. 13 point what? 13 point, uh, 13.8%. Oh, well, I think maybe Catherine and I can get the 0.8% and you can keep the 13%. Uh, like I was saying, what kind of cars do you guys <laughs> want when I win it big? Um, matchbox cars? Matchbox <laughs> cars. <laughs> so that's kind of exciting. Uh, how do they calculate like what Zodiacs are going to do better than others? It's, um, it's. I guess we just leave it up to those like swimming, right? Okay. Those kind yeah. of. They. They. They fortune know. Fortune tellers. Fortune tellers. 
The 12 Chinese zodiac signs, and this is where it gets exciting. Rats Ooh. and horses are most likely to hit the jackpot. <gasps> oh. That's right. I'm a horse. We are horses. Your horses. And uh-huh. my brother is a rat. Oh. My brother is a rat. Did he buy a ticket? No, he didn't. Ooh. But I think I have all that energy, that chi right here. How about tigers? Anywhere on the list? Yes, tigers and snakes and dogs take the second spot. Ooh. So is that you? Yes. Give I'm me t- that energy. Give tiger. me that energy. Sending you, you energy. I'm a tiger. Oh, you're a tiger. Yes. Okay. And then roosters, Jason goats, Fath monkeys, Math. and rabbits okay. are next. And then I guess, I guess That's wow. That's like most of the... But dragons aren't on here, which is blows my mind. I guess drag- dragons already have enough money. I don't know about that. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying. Oh my goodness! Well, um, you're gonna let us know if you win, right? I will let you guys. Or know. Or should we ask you now what your numbers are? And then no. We'll find out if he quits his job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where'd Leslie go? <laughs> why did, why did he drive in in like a you know Porsche today? <laughs> so strange. Lamborghini. Oh right, that's your car of choice. <laughs> okay, we'll we'll look out for the Lamborghini. Hopefully, uh, you'll do well in this lottery. Hopefully. Yeah, don't forget us. All right. You heard that right here on the air. <laughs> All right, Kat, reading yes. for tofu, stinky tofu. Uh-huh. Uh, what does that involve? So um, we all love stinky tofu, but... Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but in Shenkun, people really know their tofu. It's, and this yeah. is a uh, part of Taipei's, New Taipei New City. New Taipei City. Yeah. Right. So um, the, the local library, the public library branch there, um, they're working with vendors that sell stinky tofu. They're saying if you go check out five books, only five books. Yeah, it, does, it doesn't take that much. Wait, um, do you have to actually read the books? No, they don't. How do you? Yeah, how would they check that? Like, give you a book report? No, no. You just like give them your card, check out five books, and immediately they give you a few vouchers for our coupons for stinky tofu. Well, okay. So maybe they didn't actually read the book, but like I think actually getting people to walk in the door, mm-hmm. make sure you have your library card, have the experience of getting a book. Like if it's a fun book and the kids do read it, at yeah. least they've like paved the way. They've, That's a win-win. Yeah, it's a win-win. <laughs> and we like a good win-win here. <laughs> a little stinky win. Yeah, it's, I would go check out. I don't know. I don't know if they actually give you double the amount of coupons for 10 books. Tell you what though, Sun Kun knows their, do- their tofu. Their they do. knows they do My parents go there just to get tofu. Yeah. And what, what's their their tofu of choice? Is it uh, a deep fried? Is it steamed? I think the type at Sunken is the the steamed or um, mostly steamed. the soupy kind. Mm. Okay. Well, my mom gets it frozen. She brings back like I don't know a couple kilos. That's the real pungent kind. <laughs> yeah, that's the pungent kind. And then like... she cooks it for like a couple of weeks. Couple of weeks. Like we will have tofu for two weeks. After. Oh, I was just like you. you no, took no, 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 it no. For two weeks straight. No. <laughs> like, that's a real stinky tofu. <laughs> I was like, that's that. That's gotta be a whole stinky neighborhood by that point. Yeah, I mean, it's like, no. uh, <laughs> and she'll cook it by steaming it, or like to she puts it in stir all frying. kinds of soups. Okay. Yeah. I'd like to go to your house for the holidays. Oh, Woo. yeah. We like to see your mom is super. <laughs> 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 All right. So if you want to get some uh, stinky tofu for free, go and get some books at the library in Shanghai. Do you have to be a resident? Ooh. I'm not sure. Okay. I think if you have a library card, it's all right, right? 
A new Taipei City Library card should. Oh, should, that's a big. Yeah. There you that's go, Andrew. That's me. Yeah, I have a next, new Taipei City. This is your next episode of Feast Meets West. Ooh, <gasps> well, next Saturday for there sure. There we go. Maybe we should get on that. We'll do a little trip to Shenkun, bring some books, that'd be get fun. a card. Yeah, that'd be good. Actually, that's a that's a that's a really solid topic. I'm gonna write that down. You can have that for Thank, free. Thanks, mate. Because <laughs> I'm about to win the lottery. Oh, I know he's not coming back to work. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we're going to bounce on over to uh, Leslie for this story. A 101-year-old man files for divorce. This is the oldest person to file for divorce in Taiwan. Would you believe it? 101 years old, and you can still file for divorce. Like, I mean, age is no obstacle for seeking divorce <laughs> at that point, right? I, you know, I support people for trying to do something at every age, but I have so many questions. <laughs> yeah. I, let me answer those questions for you, Andrew. A okay. 100-year-old man from Pingdong, he has become Taiwan's oldest plaintiff in a divorce case. He's filing divorce from his 81-year-old Chinese-born wife. Now get this, because this is going to make a great screenplay. So what happened was they were both living in southern Taiwan in Pingdong County, right? And she said that she was going to uh, China for medical care. Okay. She was going to go back to China and seek medical care there. He later discovered that she was just living in northern Taiwan. <laughs> and several hundred thousand uh, new Taiwanese dollars were missing from his bank, up, bank account. And when he, find out, when he found out, that led him to file for divorce. Oh, no, this is so she sad. wanted a vacation. I, I guess so. Well, I think I mean, he found out that she was cheating on him, right? Or like, well, at this, least a location cheating. Yeah, right? location cheating. Like she, she basically told what him, I'm going to leave the country. But he was, she uh, was, I guess the pandemic must have what? like unveiled that ruse. Oh, right. Because like, how could she even go to China? Yeah. Well, she's Chinese citizen. Well, this was right? last year, right? But I'm guessing like he was calling her, be like, are you all right? Where are you at? And then she was just like, oh, yeah, I'm perfectly fine. Or something like no, that. No, no, no. He, he hears in the background while he's talking to her on the phone. <laughs> he's like, that's Taiwanese. That's Taiwanese. Or, yeah, or the Taipei MRT. Yeah, that's, there are a lot of key sounds yeah. that you only hear in Taipei or Taiwan. And, uh, yeah. This is a fascinating story because 101 years old, he said... He uh, he met his wife when he was visiting relatives in China about two decades ago, and she was she's his second wife. His first wife passed away, mm-hmm. and um, this is just one of those things that just gets crazier and crazier the more you read it. But <sighs> legal um, legal professionals say that the judge is probably going to push the pair to reach an outside settlement, given their ages. Yeah, and like they do say that divorce proceedings usually take two to three years before. <sighs> Yeah, and we and don't know how much time he yeah. has. Well, and having to go to court can also be really mm. like difficult thing physically and mentally for a lot of people. So I think I, I could understand they'd be pressuring to settle out of court. Not only that, but like I guess they're separated now, right? So from Taipei to Pingdong, that's like as far north and south as you can get. Mm. So like for a 101 year old man to either travel or the even the 81 year old lady who needs to travel down there. Mm. I mean, at this point, like you. <laughs> you've been together with each other for 20 years you know like i don't know but if you're really not happy what are you gonna do yeah i don't know this is the first time i've seen you just like out of words i have nothing Andrew to say <laughs> I, this story kind of makes me really sad in a way um i don't want to be thinking about divorce when i'm 101 i think i think you just want to be like chilling chilling yeah exactly that's a great way to put it 
So, uh, well, best wishes to this uh, this couple that they can figure things out, and hopefully, uh, this won't drag on. Let's talk about googly goggles. <laughs> Let's talk about drunk goggles. Apparently, there's a police station that's offering high school kids the opportunity to put on a pair of goggles, or is it not high school kids? Um, it just says kids, kids. like students. They students. have a kind of a summer camp going on. Okay. With local kids. It's like a day-long thing. It's not like an overnight thing. But hey, kids, don't drink alcohol. Instead, put these glasses <laughs> on, and you can experience being drunk. Yeah. Well, they kind of walk them through what the police do. Okay. Like, they get to see um, the gear they use. Uh, what kind of work they do, uh, maybe get ride-alongs, I think. But one part of it was the goggles. Mm-hmm. I was, yeah, it, does, it doesn't really say how they work, but I mean, just putting on glasses that, if you're not nearsighted, just putting on glasses will have will that make effect, you dizzy. right? Yeah. So maybe it's just like somebody's old glasses. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. But yeah, they're telling them this is what your eyesight will be like or like blurry eyesight and it makes you dizzy this is what you're gonna feel like when you get drunk so so it's supposed to discourage the kids from getting drunk or maybe if one of their parents want to drink and drive they'll know yeah i see okay because my original understanding of this was that it was going to give you the experience of being drunk which to me is like maybe counterproductive because Mm -hmm. what if the kids like it (laughs) (laughs) they're like hey this is fun let's like figure it out but i see what you're saying it's like if they can see how difficult it is to you know focus on things when you are impaired yeah then you'll understand like how dangerous it could be for a loved one to drink a car mm-hmm. or uh, to drive a car <laughs> <laughs> andrew have you been drinking oh yeah that's Long what I meant. Day. <laughs> drive a drink <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that's what that's what the goal is is to give mm-hmm. the kids the experience of it where is this taking place in taoyuan pingzhen oh, okay exciting. yeah i would love to meet the person who came up with this idea i think that's wildly creative i know yeah, unconventional. I would like to try those solutions. Mm. Maybe we'll get some in the studio. and We can do a little show on it. What do you think? Yeah, I would like that'd that. Be fun. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna finish up with a story from Tainan about a railway project that's been stalled for quite some time because somebody doesn't want to move. Well, yeah, get a load of this. Tainan has been trying to make its uh, train system go underground for quite some time now. This project planning began in 1993, approved by president in 2009, and it was planned to be carried out uh, in 2012 in Tainan. Now, in May of last year, there were about 340 homes owned by 121 people who all didn't want to move out. Mm-hmm. And let's go until now. And then there's only one person left. They convinced 121 people to move out and then they demolished those places. And then there's this one man named Chen who refuses to move out. They went to his house and there were a bunch of protesters in there. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, the police wanted to move equipment in. They couldn't do it because yeah. that's a that's an issue, right? You can't demolish when people are in a building. Mm-hmm. I tell you, I really feel for these families that really are trying to stand their ground and keep their, their in some cases, maybe a, an ancestral home that's been in the family for years. Yeah, sentimental yeah. value. Um, um, but I think at this point, um, the neighbors are all gone. The original village, the original way of life has already been destroyed. Um, yeah. Yeah, police have tried to negotiate. They tried negotiating 
uh, on Sunday, and then Chen had not been there. He could not. Uh, he he hadn't been present, mm. and or he refused to speak to them, and they didn't leave the property. So uh, officials were just like, "Well, I guess we're stalling on this one. They got to delay it again." I've got a unique suggestion. Go for it. How about like a little curve in the railway <laughs> <laughs> tunnel right through the home, yeah. or just like deeper, right? <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, hopefully again they'll be able to find a resolution for that story. Thanks so much for doing this for here in Taiwan. I'm Andrew Ryan. I'm Leslie Liao. And I'm Catherine Wei. Stay tuned. We've got much more ahead on RTI. Are you listening? <laughs> this is the sound of my country. This is the sound of Taiwan. Taiwan, a small island with a whole world of sounds. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Hashtag Taiwan. I'm your host, Leslie Liao. Thank you so much for joining me. This week, I found our story rather early on in the week, and the minute I saw it, I knew I had to do it. It involves a couple of laundromats, an old woman and an old man, and they've been running a dry cleaners for about 60 years. Now, over those 60 years, they've accumulated a lot of clothes where people may have dropped them off and then forgotten about them or just didn't want to pick it up. And instead of getting rid of the clothes, they actually came up with a very, very creative solution. Actually, it was their grandson that came up with this idea. And what happened was they started going viral on Instagram. Now, I shared this story with Andrew Ryan, and he absolutely loved it. And if he loves something, then that means everybody else is going to love it. So you're definitely going to want to stick around. Don't go away. This is coming up next on Hashtag Taiwan. This week on Hashtag Taiwan, I want to talk to you about looking fresh. Now, let me give you the abridged version about how we stumbled upon this week's story. I said, hey Andrew, I got a really great online story for Hashtag. And Andrew said, you're right, I totally love it, I'm going to post this on Twitter. At the time of writing, Andrew's tweet has 3,600 likes and 1,100 retweets. I said, that's legit viral, to which he responded, well, it's more like kind of viral. But in today's Hashtag, I want to talk to you about this elderly couple. They're skyrocketing in fame and you can kind of tell why. Grandpa and Grandma are certified superfly. You might think that they're fashion models for the likes of GQ or Vogue, but they're actually dry cleaners. This elderly couple has owned a dry cleaners called Wan Xiu Xi Yi Dian for over 60 years now. 60, as in 6-0. Over the years, they've accumulated a lot of clothes that customers have dropped off and forgotten or refused to pick up. Some of the clothes are 20 years old, so when I say that they might be wearing your grandparents' clothes, I mean they literally might be wearing your grandpa and grandma's clothes. Instead of getting rid of the unclaimed garments, the couple's grandson actually wanted to give the clothes a new purpose. While at the same time giving grandpa and grandma something to do. 
He dressed them up in the clothes and the rest is history. Excuse me when I say this, but dang, can they pull off that retro look. The elderly couple has been blowing up on Instagram. With only 18 posts, they've attracted over 70,000 followers. Every picture they put out is magazine worthy and I love the progression from the early pictures where they are more candid to the later ones where grandma and grandpa are straight owning the camera. Store policy dictates that they will only hold on to leftover clothes for a month. After that they are allowed to do with it what they will and oh will they will. Grandpa has said that if someone wants to buy the clothes shown on Instagram he'd be more than happy to ship it. Not only is this Instagram account amazing for recycling and reusing old clothes but the concept itself is so overwhelmingly charming and I'll be the first to admit that I have never ever looked that fresh in my life. Now that was one of the more heartwarming stories I've encountered here during my time here at RTI and I immediately fell in love with it and I hope you guys did as well. There's a lot of visual components to it so if you'd like to see the full visual video of Hashtag Taiwan make sure you go to Taiwan Insider's Facebook page at facebook.com slash Taiwan Insider. While you're there, be sure to leave me some feedback, whether it's complaints, whether it's compliments, or whether it's a suggestion for a future episode of Hashtag Taiwan. That's about all I got for you this week. Until next week, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay happy. I'll see you again soon. Listen, are you listening? <laughs> this is the sound of my country. This is the sound of Taiwan. Taiwan, a small island with a whole world of sounds. This, this is, is Status, status Update. Welcome to Status Update. I'm Shirley Lin. I'm John Van Trieste. This is a program where we get to your letters that you write us and let us know what programs you listened to in the past week and then just your thoughts and feelings and good and bad about it. So we're going to get to those in just a second. But first, we're going to update our status a little bit here. What have you been up to, John, lately? Um, so, let's see. There was another one of these uh, periodic outdoor markets that they've started having at the, the plaza near our station. Uh, so at like, the Yunshan Flower oh, for Expo Park. So like farmer's market kind of thing? They have those every weekend, but oh, this is yeah. something extra special that they only do once in a while. And oh. it's sort of um, like they take all of these food trucks, which is not something we have a lot of in Taiwan. Mm -hmm. um, they're not. You won't see them around like you do in some other parts of the world. But for this for this occasion, they do all gather, and a lot of uh, local small breweries and oh. uh, 
And you I, like that. <laughs> yeah. I, there's not really any performances. At least I didn't see any. But there's a lot of good food and the weather was nice. And mm. there were a lot of people out there. Mm. And I went actually two days in a row because oh. I, I love the food trucks. <laughs> it's a special treat. Like we don't get that sort of, I don't know, um, that type of food very often. Oh, so what kind of food are you talking about? Describe them. Um, my favorite one is a food truck that serves sort of Greek type, like gyros and souvlaki and that sort of stuff. And oh, they, wow. they call themselves core gyro because they have a corgi that um, <laughs> reluctantly, it looks like, gets dragged along with these owners. As, to these, a, all these as events. a mascot yeah, or something? Yeah. Um, that is so funny. And um, what else? All kinds of like very... Uh, like locally owned sort of uh, pizza, that type of thing. Okay. Like right there, they have a, an oven, like a fired oven in the back of their truck. So it's a very international kind of event. It's all I Taiwanese mean, food from all kinds. Oh, people. also Taiwanese. Oh, okay. But, so um, a few of the breweries, food stalls. a few of the breweries seem to have, uh, I don't know where they were from, but they were not from around here, it looked like, owners. Uh-huh. Um, and so, yeah, uh, they have like a, a really nice outdoor market feel. And I actually realized something. <laughs> I've seen this a couple times because it is near the station. I've happened across it, but never quite understood what it was. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen this because I know you go through that station sometimes too. Sometimes if you go like after dusk, around dusk, you'll see people like swinging these little lights around. Oh, yeah. They're Diablos, right? No, but it turns out got- they're not. They're not? No, no, they're like the Chinese yo-yo. No, 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 no. It turns oh. out that they're not. Okay. Um, if you... I always thought it was like a, a, a dance troupe or something. Because there's a lot of like street dance. And they like practice there. A lot of, especially kids, like high school age. Yeah, it's a great space for practicing. They, they like have that. like their boom box and they, yes. they, they, uh, they do their routines. Uh-huh. But it, it turns out they're a Star Wars lightsaber <laughs> club. <laughs> really? I'm serious. They, I guess they, I don't know if they make them or they buy like the toy lightsabers. But uh-huh. like um, they're out there and... I, I'm not. I don't. Not, not quite sure what it is because usually it's just a handful of people. But this time, the whole oh. like stormtrooper army <laughs> showed up. <laughs> they weren't in costume, as far as I could tell. But um, I'm not sure if they like reenact scenes or what it is. But it was like this is the most <laughs> nerdy oh. and amazing thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. Well, that sounds exciting. You know, I I do go by that station almost every day. You know, weekdays right. getting to work. But um, I've don't think I've come across where you said, I mean, occasionally there'll be these food markets, right? And farmer's market and things like that. That's every and weekend. And I love those. Oh, every weekend? But, this but is then like... it's also on the weekdays too, because why would I see it? Anyway, and so, but then this, this where Greek gyros and everything, I, I, I don't think I've come across those at all. It's, it doesn't happen very often. Okay, there's, so that's why. There seems to be some kind of like organization or like a, they have a Facebook page um, that is, I think it's called... The English is like fun, tasty. I don't know why they picked that name, but the okay. Chinese is yochu which uh-huh. is like also not fun a market. fun market, <laughs> not a very original name. Yeah. They, they show up like, I don't know, maybe once every other month and yeah. for just for a day or two and then they're, they're gone. And uh, yeah. they have a, in addition to the regular farmer's market, mm-hmm. which is in the covered section. This yeah. one's outdoors. Oh, okay. So the last time there was a thunderstorm and I got rained on. But oh. this time the weather was beautiful. And the other thing that I did was, um, I don't know if you heard about this. There's um, a comet that we're supposed to be able to see in the northern hemisphere called, I think it's called Neowise. 
Okay. It reminds me of Neosporin. But anyway, um, I was looking for that. I didn't see it, but... <laughs> oh, I mean, supposedly you get a good view of it from the the uh, the Yuanshan Park. <laughs> well, it's an open space. And, I mean, oh, yeah, true, true. There's a lot of lights, but actually you can see some stars. And it yeah. wasn't very cloudy. Um, no it luck, It was a though. clear day, though. Yeah. No luck, though. Clear night. So. Wow. Well, you remind me that, um, you know, I really look forward to those farmer's market every now and then because, you know, I get out of a stop and then lo and behold, there, there's one. And I'm going like, wow, if I don't have to rush to work, I'll definitely, you know, just take a walk and roam through all the booths because I'm in particular looking for particular food. And I think you know what I'm talking about. Which one? It's an Aboriginal food. It, it's, it, it looks like rice dumpling, but it's, not, it's similar, but it's a oh. longish kind of, what's it called now? Um, I keep forgetting so the name. Two kinds. There's jinafu it's and avai. Jinafu, jinafu. Where it's similar. wrapped in like you know some kind of leaf, right? It's an edible leaf. Yes. Yes. Oh yeah, that's right. The leaf is edible too. Come to think of it, and but it's all like glutinous rice inside, mm-hmm. and I don't know. And and they do something with the kind of meat pieces in there. I I think they have it nicely marinated and then grilled or something. It's yeah. like pork. You know, it's like yummy. I'm always looking forward to that. They're there every weekend. Every, oh, They're there but every I'm not weekend. here on the weekends. Well, I, I'm only here Monday through Friday. Well, I, I came up especially for this. So <gasps> Every weekend? Yeah, they're always there. That's the regular farmer's market. Oh, this is a... Uh, is that really... Have you ever explored that whole park, though? Because it's a really... There's a lot of new things that they've recently added that I also discovered while I was there. Oh, well, not not lately, but I remember... The um the eco there's a there's an exhibit underneath that diamond yeah you know and there used to be the orchid flower show there before and I right. remember going to that they have events yeah they have um, different events but there's a a halal restaurant um there masala art which I love um, oh that must a, be new since it's been there it's been there there's a, a nightclub that's open occasionally um there is yes, an Argentine restaurant oh yeah I know that one and and a British pub. Yes, I know that There's one. also a British oyster house now. Oh, really? Okay. They open up a lot of very interesting businesses in there. And there's also a craft beer tasting place. And it's like hidden, though. You uh. have to know where the secret entrance is to get in. <laughs> so I was... It's a, it's a fun place to spend a weekend. And there's it's great for kids, too, because they have these, like, um, you know, those, like, mini cars? Yeah, yeah. That have a battery, but they're, like, you yes. know, little mini police cars and the kids can rent them and drive them around into people's shins and yeah <laughs> it's a lot of fun lots of, lots of dog walkers you can mm-hmm. watch all the the kids doing their dance routines practicing yeah, for the next yeah. big competition and there's lightsabers too it turns out <laughs> you just have to be there at the right time okay it's a lot of fun well i need to check it out again and and take a take a walk around because i haven't been there in a while yeah, you know there's um there's this food stand and I used to, like, you know, after work, I kind of want something different from our cafeteria downstairs. Mm. I would just walk by and pick something from the booth. There's a, there's a stinky tofu booth. There's a Korean booth. There's an Indian booth. Those change you a know? lot, though. Oh, really? I think they've all... See, changed. I haven't been in a while. They kind of have a short half-life. I'm not sure that all of them are quite so profitable. So <laughs> they change all the I time. Know. There's a Filipino one now, too. Oh, okay. Um, I think there's, like, shaved ice you can get. Um. Yeah, there's always something different going on, and they screen movies. They have a projector. Yeah, that, uh, yeah I know, I know. Um, I, you know, they used to play some really nice classics. I think, I think one time it was the Fair Lady. Yeah, I actually yeah. saw that. Yeah, um, but um, you yeah, can, you can see it from the dining area. Right, right. While you eat. So it's yeah. a it's a really um. You know, a lot of times they held these big international expos. Like this was built for the Flora Expo held back yes. in 2010. 
Uh-huh. And then they yeah. kind of just like, you see these old like Olympic sites, for instance, and they end up abandoned. Oh, you yeah. Know, stadiums that they spend billions of dollars. It's really nice that we're able to like take something that was there anyway and turn it into something that people actually still use. Mm. And actually, it's a fun place to go. Exactly. And yeah. You, and you can walk here from there. So it's a... Right. Uh, it's That's a, great. Within walking distance. Anyway, our ransom part is sort of like the UN. <laughs> the way it you're is. saying that it's got everything in there from all the different countries. It's a bagel place, Japanese yeah. Oh, yeah. cuisine. Um, it's a yeah. very... And it's, a lot of it's covered, too. Right, right. So, um, and then you can walk, walk around. around. Yeah, do <laughs> things and eat things. All right. Okay, I got to go check it out. Yeah. Okay, well, I say it's time also to get to the letters. And uh, we so much love to hear from you. So do write us and let us know what you heard and what you think about our programs. Our address is PO Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Our email address is rti at rti.org.tw. Please remember to check out our Facebook page and our YouTube channel as well. We update pretty much every day. We look forward to reading your comments there. That's right. Okay, this first letter I've got in my hand is uh, from N.S. Balamurali of um, South India. Um, let's see here. He listened in on July 17th, it might have been, and from 0300 to 0400 UTC at 15320 kHz. Simple rating was 4 across the board. Uh, across the board. I guess that's good. Uh, it says here the transmission audio was good. Um, he used a Sony ICF shortwave 11 to 12 band receiver, also a Texan PL450 synthesized dual conversion digital receiver. Wow, he, he, I, I guess he switches among these receivers. Also a Panasonic RFB 11 to 12 band receiver, and he had a telescopic antenna. So what he heard was the news talking about, um, let's see, I think maybe this is President Tsai discussing government to ensure national security, also Taiwan's badminton star, Dai Ziying, and economic review of Taiwan. Okay, and then um, it was actually Paula who was the newsreader and also uh, news covering COVID-19 as well. And here in Taiwan, our soft news, um, you know, kind of discussion, <laughs> yeah, uh, platform. That's a 25-minute program there. Okay, so it says, kindly arrange to send me a QSR card. Well, no problem. You're going to get that. That, again, was N.S. Balamurali of South India. Thank you. We have a letter here coming from Brian Newell of Logansport, Indiana, in the U.S. It says, Dear RTI, I happened across a curious story the other day. In 1943, a crack in the ground in a cornfield in Mexico turned into the, into the Paricutin volcano, a shield volcano with lava flowing from a vent. By 1952, the cone reached 1,391 feet tall and covered nine square miles. So is the Datuan group of volcanoes similar to the Paricutin volcano? And uh, there's a link to an article about uh, the volcano's origin. <laughs> it says, glad to know you have a volcano warning system in place. Not quite yet. It's supposed to come by the end of the year. Yes. Um, I often say that I would have a spectacular view because I can see it from my bathroom. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, no, yeah. um, it's it's been there. It's, I think the last I time it erupted was, what, more than 10,000 years ago? Yes. So it didn't just appear. I think uh, what the reason that they're looking at it now is for a long time they said, well, it's a dormant volcano or right. it's not active. And then uh, they've done some uh, reassessment of that and they say, actually, it is active. Mm. So not very comforting. I uh, know. That news came as a shock to me. <laughs> well, <laughs> you're like, what? You're, you're pretty far away from it. I think I am sort of Still, too. Still, I mean, this is a small island and any volcanic 
eruption could just yeah <laughs> spread. Um, it is a it's a blessing and a curse. It's a beautiful spot. Um, uh huh. Um, there's a lot of hot springs there, obviously. Yes. Um, no wonder tourists like to go up there. You can take a shuttle bus up to a place where. Uh, I think they say there's a vents probably somewhere near there. Yeah, Yami Mountain. Um, and there's just a a giant smoking crater. Mm. Um, and the and you have to stay on the marked path because around there there's like little pools of bubbling water that come out of the ground. So you don't you don't want to step into that. Definitely not. No. Um, but uh, yeah, it smells like sulfur. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it's definitely a lot cooler than the city. So it's a nice weekend retreat that a lot of people, a lot of people head up there. Yeah. <laughs> After <laughs> I, the news. Now I'm not quite so sure. <laughs> uh, and there's some reports here about our recent programs. Um, one of them you hosted, Shirley. This was in the spotlight broadcast July 5th. This was about uh, fashion designers who met and started no-mail skincare business. Mm. One was a New Zealander working in Taiwan 10 years ago and stayed. That's right. Sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and... The other is from Hong Kong with a Cantonese mother and a father from Taiwan, and it talks about how they went on to found this brand. There was an episode of On the Line where they talked to someone from Reporters Without Borders, and I think that uh, their Asian center is somewhere here in Taipei. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were talking about journalists and netizens detained because of COVID-19 issues. I guess oh. they were reporting on things someone That's, didn't want them to report on. Yeah. Um, an episode of Jukebox Republic about your 40th, uh, what was it? International school reunion. Oh yeah, online. Um, there was an episode of Ear to the Ground uh, about tinkling beer bottles. Sound art. Oh, I could contribute to that. <laughs> um, and time. Uh, an episode, two episodes of Curious John that I think are my favorite ones I've done recently. When I interviewed the current owner of uh, Cafe Astoria, which is oh. a sort of right. Russian yes. Taiwanese fusion. I've had the food. They deliver. Did you know that? Oh, really? I, found them on, I think it was like Food Panda or something. <laughs> it's very interesting. They feel like they come from a different era, but you can get them on an app. <laughs> oh, great. Uh, okay. And the desserts. I did two research trips there. Um, oh. Amazing. <laughs> I have to say, highly recommended. And an episode of Hashtag Taiwan Hand in Hand with Somaliland, which was a repeat of a prior program hosted by Leslie. So thank you very much for all of those detailed reports. That comes to us once again from Brian Newell of Logansport, Indiana, in the U.S. Oh, we've got one from Germany, too. Um, so I haven't had a chance to listen to this. There is a, a source for this broadcast, but it seems like it's about uh, not our broad well, our broadcast, but not the English service. Oh, uh, and this oh. was picked up in Germany by a listener called Marcus Koilertz, who writes, Dear Sir or Madam, I was able to pick up a weak signal from one of your shows from Taiwan here in Germany today. I think this is one of your broadcasts for mainland China. So targeting not very far away from Germany, but okay. that's the magic of shortwave. Yeah. I'm not quite sure because of the very, very strong disturbances because it was audible here in Germany under bad conditions. Unfortunately, Asian stations are currently barely audible or with extremely strong interference. Nonetheless, I am sending you my report and hope that I have hit the mark or unfortunately missed it. Uh, mm. This is a, about our July 17th broadcast. Okay. I guess it might have been us. Yeah. Um, listened to from 1633 to 1650 UTC on 7300 kilohertz. We'll have to oh. check with... Uh, oh. That, whoever that, decides yeah, our schedule yeah <laughs> I, that doesn't I only know sound ours, familiar i only know our signals yeah um, the simpa was all twos uh the location was dusseldorf germany it says one could hear a male and female voice alternately i'm not entirely sure that there were also music contributions 
and he would like a QSL card. He said that we sent him one before, and he liked it very much. Okay. Uh, again, we'll have to check with someone yeah. who knows more about our Mandarin service signals. Mm-hmm. Uh, but thank you for writing in, and that comes to us once again from Marcus Koilerts of Germany. All right. Well, thank you so much for your letters, and do keep them coming. We always love to hear from you, just what you think about our programs. So the address is PO Box One Two Three Dash One Nine Nine Taipei Taiwan. You can reach us by email as well. The address is rti at rti dot org dot tw. And once again, we really look forward to reading what you have to say on our Facebook page and YouTube channel. All right. Please keep the please keep the comments coming. Okay. Until next week, I'm Shirley Lin. I'm John Van Trieste. Goodbye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia, from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kilohertz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia, from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kilohertz. And in Southeast Asia, from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kilohertz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kilohertz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to PO Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's PO Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International.